Welcome to Simply Meditation. I was thinking we could use a little bit of the format of the everyday mindfulness class that I've been doing on Friday afternoons, partly so that we can bring these practices off our mat, off of the relatively secluded room and quiet room that we're sitting in now into our daily experience. So right now it might be mostly indoors, um, but I imagine that we all have frustrations and doubts and, and failures and so on uh, when we're off the cushion as well as on the cushion. Mindfulness meditation is great because it's practice for that. Oftentimes we use the breath as a focus of our attention and then we immediately get distracted. It's super, super, super simple, but it's not all that easy. But actually that, that practice of getting lost, getting distracted is what it's all about because it's the returning, it's the coming back that does all those neat things that we're hearing about uh, neuroplasticity and really building the muscle of attention. Before I talk for too long, we'll do a practice. Uh, and normally we do meditation practices with our eyes closed, but we'll start with this one open. Just coming to a stillness in the body as you begin to look around the room that you're in might take in the objects around you and settling on three distinct objects that you'd like to explore. Taking in their shape, their color, quality of light and shadow. Notice the lines and curves. Perhaps even notice any thoughts or judgments that arise as you explore. And now letting your eyes close. Notice what shifts as your field of attention narrows. You might see a dance of light behind the eyelids, but that sense is mostly closed off now. You might move your awareness now to sounds, receiving three distinct sounds. Becoming aware of their volume and tone. Any rhythms. Sensing if the sounds are distant or nearby. And moving now into the body. As you scan through the body, you might choose three different sensations to explore. Might be a sensation of tingling in the hands or a area of tightness in the body. Bringing curiosity, noticing their shape, 
sensing the edges of this sensation. And moving from sensation to sensation, not trying to change it or make it a certain way, but instead just observing your experience unfold. And now releasing the sensations and coming in to explore the movement of breath in the body. Might draw the breath more deeply, breathing in and out. Finding a rhythm that supports the nourishment of the body as well as a relaxation of the body. From time to time, you might become lost in thought or caught in an emotion, traveling to the past or the future. And the invitation is simply to come back, feeling the breath in the body as a guide back to this present moment. Breathing in and breathing out. Sensing how just as the body has arrived in the seat, the heart and mind come to this present moment as well. Welcome them. Sensing that in this moment, just in this moment, you have arrived, you are home. You already have everything you need. And in a moment, I'll ring the bell. As you hear it, you might return some movement to the fingers and toes, letting the eyes slowly flutter open. the three poisons of the Buddha, grasping, aversion, and delusion. And not too different 
from when you think of fight, flight, or freeze, which is yeah. really what these mindfulness practices are all about, that we've got this biological system that is perfectly well-engineered for us to run from tigers. And really valuable that we have that because otherwise our parents, 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 and so on wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> but that same system, the biological system that literally bypasses so many of our uh, other systems, you know, it bypasses our prefrontal <laughs> cortex, our thinking brain, our rational brain, our moral brain, and so on. Because if we're getting chased by a tiger and there's a person running next to us and we're about to both get eaten, our brain's going to say, eh, maybe you can push that, give that person a little elbow and, and they can be tiger lunch instead of me. <laughs> Among the things that happen in our body, all the blood rushes to our leg and our, our legs and our butts so we can jump and run, but it leaves our belly so we stop digestion. It turns off our immune system because who really cares if we get a cold when we're running from a tiger? The only problem is now uh, we have chronic stress, those kinds of things. It's meant to be episodic. We're meant to find our way to our caves, relax and rest. That process of running gets all the cortisol out of our system. And then we're back to square one. Uh, in this current culture, so many of our threats are psychological and emotional. And so we just kind of sit and stew in that uh fight or flight reaction all day long, maybe sitting in our chair. So we've got this opportunity. There's not a whole lot of things that can bring us out of that fight or flight response, but the breath is one. It's really the only thing that we can control with our stress response by taking a nice deep breath in and out. By bringing awareness to the breath, we can slow and calm the body, get back into the parasympathetic nervous system uh, process so that we're resting and digesting instead of fighting and fleeing. So there's a poem I thought I'd share uh, from the poet Dana Falls. It's called Walk Slowly. She's an amazing poet who I learned about at a retreat. I was on a five-day meditation retreat with my teacher, Jonathan Faust, and there was a woman who was running the AV system uh, and, you know, running the microphone around to take questions and answers. And Every once in a while, Jonathan would turn to her and say, how about walk slowly? So this person would read the poem, walk slowly. And I'm like, why is he having the A V person uh, read all the poems? And then on the fifth day and final day, he introduced Dana Faltz, the poet, <laughs> as the AV person. <laughs> so it was kind of amazing to have a, uh, you know, a, a reasonably famous poet in our midst and, and not know. So... Walk slowly. It only takes a reminder to breathe, a moment to be still. And just like that, something in me settles, softens, makes space for imperfection. The harsh voice of judgment drops to a whisper. And I remember again that life isn't a relay race, that we will all cross the finish line that waking up to life is what we were born for. As many times as I catch myself, forget and charge forward without even knowing where I'm going, that many times I can make the choice to stop, to breathe and be, and walk slowly 
into the mystery. So the teaching I wanted to share with you today is the three R's. I've been thinking about the three R's quite a bit recently. The three R's are remind, reset, and reframe. And so in our second practice we'll do in a little bit, that reframe is about bringing self-compassion and forgiveness to our experience that, that we're human. Uh, sometimes we don't have a lot of control over our situations, as in now, right? <laughs> uh, so the task becomes, instead of trying to manage stress by reducing the stressor, we manage stress by reducing or being with our stress response instead. How can we respond to the situation with a, a measure of choice, uh, with a measure of thoughtfulness, instead of being in that fight or flight response that really demands reactivity and yelling and screaming and fighting and running and hiding. So uh, remind, we'll start with remind. Uh, there's some really cool ways to remind yourself. Uh, they include things like physical reminders on the side of my laptop. I have notes that say no news. The point of no news on my laptop is both to remind me not to read news, um, but, but also to be there even when I say, okay, uh, it says no news, but I'm going to read news anyway, so that I'm intentionally doing whatever I'm doing. Uh, there's also great uh, apps that can remind us. Uh, our, the simple habit app on the phone will say, hey, you forgot to, you haven't meditated yet today. Why don't you try that out? Uh, and then that reset can be a deep breath, but it can also be a practice. So the practice I wanted to share with you now is uh, called the three questions practice. It's the kind of thing I like to use when I'm caught in that stress response. And so I don't want you to pick a five alarm fire that you dealt with recently, but take a minute or two to think about some kind of situation that you were in in the last couple weeks where you might have reacted poorly. So it might have been a disagreement with a friend or family member. Uh, it, it might have even been kind of your response to driving in traffic or seeing somebody not wearing a mask, where your response, your reaction was not your best self. Because this is practice, we're not trying to do the most difficult, challenging one. We're trying to practice and see what kind of wisdom arises so that when it uh, comes up again, some challenge comes up again, Later, we can apply these same three questions and see what happens. Um, the three questions that we'll be practicing with are, what am I doing? Is it right? And what will I do next? If you were here in person, I'd give you a card with those questions on it to ask yourself whenever you're finding yourself caught up. The example I often use is with my son, Jack. He's 15 years old and he doesn't like doing the dishes. And so when he doesn't do the dishes, I start getting really annoyed in a hurry. And I feel it in my body. I feel the burning. I feel the tightness in my shoulders. And so I say, Jack, it's time to do the dishes. And then he doesn't do the dishes. And then a minute or two later, I say, Jack, do the dishes now. Now, if I'm asking myself this question as I go, what am I doing? I'm telling Jack to do the dishes. Is it right? Yeah, that's one of his responsibilities. It's sure he's not doing it. What will I do next? Well, I'm going to keep on bugging him until he does it. And then a minute or two later, and my volume has risen. <laughs> now I'm yelling. 
What am I doing? Well, I'm yelling at Jack. Is it right? Eh, you know, I had a bad day at work. I can't yell at my boss. So I'm taking it on at him. Maybe it's not right. What will I do next? Remember, we're human. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm annoyed. I want to get it done. But if you ask yourself this question enough times, usually you'll find that you make a different choice. So we'll even imagine that with respect to a circumstance that we've uh, been involved in in the last few weeks or months. Like I said, if it's on a scale of one to 10, pick one that's like somewhere between three and five of intensity. And you might let your eyes close for this practice. We'll start by connecting back to that breath in our body. And that can be something of an anchor for our experience. We'll feel into what, what it was like to be in this challenge or difficulty. But if it gets to be a bit too much, you might draw your attention back to this sensation of breathing or even letting your eyes open, giving yourself a bit of a reset before coming back into the practice. So as you breathe, you might recall an event or experience where your reaction wasn't quite the best. You weren't your best self. And bring to mind images and moving pictures and conversations that might have led up to the worst part of this circumstance. Beginning to let it play out in your mind and to the extent it feels safe. Letting yourself feel the emotions, sensations that you experienced at this time. Drawing your memory back to the very moment that you lost control of the thinking mind and moved into a habitual response. Continuing to let this play out in your mind and what happened next, what happened after. And you might press pause on any moving pictures or conversations or stories in your mind and note where you feel it in the body. What would it be like to describe the sensations and emotions to someone so vividly it would be as if they could feel it themselves? And now allowing the scene to rewind to the beginning. In the moments before this circumstance took place. We'll allow the scene to begin again. Pausing 
right before the apex climax of this situation. And as you pause the scene, ask yourself these three questions. What am I doing? Is it right? What will I do next? What am I doing? Is it right? What will I do next? As you reflect on these questions, notice any attempt to build a story or a narrative, and instead see what arises without searching for an answer. Simply asking, what am I doing? Is it right? What will I do next? And now imagining this story playing out in a different way. Using the wisdom of these questions, you might press play once again, resuming the conversations and moving pictures. Imagining things playing out a bit differently. You might check back in with the body and the heart. Perhaps noticing a softening or a relaxing. Perhaps noticing guilt or jealousy. Either way, seeing if it's safe to be with the experience just as it is in this moment. Letting go of any images or memories or thoughts and taking this last minute to rest. Letting go of technique and simply being. As you're ready, you might let the eyes open and returning to our time together. That, you know, this, this idea of remind, reset, reframe, that the reset can often be just creating space for ourselves. Yeah, so, you know, like getting out of that grocery store before we react and then moving on from there. <laughs> And uh, I, I like it because then we can we can share 
safely in this space because it's such a universal experience to be like, what is that person doing? We had the people that weren't social distancing out our window yesterday. And it's like, you're, you're bad. Stop it. And, uh, my, my teacher, Jonathan tells this great story about how he had that situation in traffic once that somebody was just cutting everybody off and driving too fast. And then through the magic of stoplights, he ended up right next to the person and he had created this whole story. Like you said, you know, like they're rushing to the hospital because somebody's sick and they're about to die. And he pulled up and it was a teenager on their cell phone. And so in many respects, it doesn't matter what the real story is because we're, we're diving into possibility, which is much broader than probability. We spend so much of our day in like analyzing and judging and comparing in those things. But sometimes we don't need to bring that judgment to our experience. It certainly is easier on us. That said, <laughs> then we have to deal with it because then we leave the grocery store and we're, we're feeling it, we're wearing it because we didn't get that emotional offlay. You know, it's much like that. We're not running from the tiger, so our cortisol isn't getting out of their system. So there's one final practice that I'd love to do with you that I think really addresses that. It's from Kristen Neff, Mindful Self-Compassion. It's a wonderful series of practices that's kind of loosely based on John Kabat-Zinn's mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is kind of the gold standard for uh, kind of clinical mindfulness in the U.S. And so Kristen Neff took this and applied it to self-compassion. If you type self-compassion into Google, Kristen Neff comes up as 19 of the top 20 results. So can you imagine how lovely it would be to be the person associated with self-compassion, um, but also imagine being her loved one or spouse or something like that, knowing that she's always beaten up on herself and she's the self-compassion person. <laughs> so you, you might find your way to a similar, maybe the same uh, difficulty that you had or some other time where uh, you might have failed or things didn't work out the way that you'd hoped and you became uh, self-judgmental and self-critical. And so kind of feeling that and I'll offer almost a loving kindness practice with some phrases related to bringing self-compassion to our experience. If you like, you might close your eyes as I introduce this practice of self-compassion, which carries three components. Kristen Neff identifies these three components as mindfulness, because oftentimes when we're beating up on ourselves, we're almost unconscious to it. So we have to bring mindfulness to our experience to know that we're being self-critical and that we deserve self-compassion. She even says that we don't give ourselves self-compassion to feel better. We give ourselves compassion because we feel bad. We don't give ourselves compassion to feel better. We give ourselves self-compassion because we feel bad. So it's so related to that idea of creating space in our experience, just identifying this moment when we're suffering as a moment of suffering. The next piece is an element of common humanity, recognizing that whatever we're experiencing is a shared human experience. Maybe the circumstances are different, but the reality is that when I screw up and say, how could you be so stupid? 
nobody's ever made a mistake like this before, it's likely that thousands upon thousands of people are making the very same mistake as I'm making in this moment. So recognizing that suffering is part of the human condition. And then finally, an element of self-kindness and self-soothing, giving ourselves the medicine that we need. Our mammalian caregiving system responds to even physical touch. So sometimes we give ourselves a little hug or, or stroke our shoulder and we literally move ourselves back into that rest and digest state of being. So can we be kind and compassionate with ourselves in those moments? So bringing to mind an experience where things didn't quite work out and Oh, the workings of the mind acted to make you feel bad about yourself, self-judgmental, self-critical. When you find yourself in these situations, you can offer the following phrases. This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is part of the human condition. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need right now. You might offer these phrases to yourself in this very moment, recognizing that this may be a moment of suffering in some measure. Recognizing that this suffering is part of being human. And sensing if you might give yourself the kindness and compassion you need. This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is part of the human condition. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need right now. You might offer yourself these phrases in the coming days, perhaps choosing a phrase or phrases that resonate most closely for you. This is a moment of suffering, or even this is hard. This is difficult. Suffering is part of the human condition. Other people struggle with this as well. May I be kind and compassionate in this moment. How can I bring kindness to my experience to soothe and calm, relax and soften? This is a moment of suffering. Suffering is part of the human condition. May I be kind to this moment. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need right now.
And as you release the phrases, you might bring a gentle smile to the face, giving yourself some thanks for taking this time to practice and offering the benefit of this practice to those you love and care about, to people that are having difficulty in this time, and to all beings everywhere. <laughs>